0: Hey everybody, this is House of Hope podcast series presented by Goffam and House of Hope. Today we will continue our Successful Christian Living series with Dr. Sola Famicom. Today's topic is prayer. So we continue again in our series of Successful Christian Living today by the grace of God. And as usual, I'd like to do a quick recap of what we studied last week. So that from there, we can uh, launch into what uh, the Lord will have us uh, uh, understand today. So last week, by the grace of God, we looked at the first stanza of a prayer. And uh, we said that prayer is our communication channel with God. It's our communication channel. And uh, we understand that the early Christians were individually strong in their own personal prayers, prayer lives. Consequently, their corporate coming together in prayer carry tremendous power. They shape events in the society. They call kings to order without coming to his court. They bring kingdoms to their knees, all in their prayers when they come together. We said that prayer was initiated by God In other words, it comes from the heart of God. It's an invitation from God. We look at Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. The Bible says, God said, come now, praise the Lord. So we we spend time on that. And I believe that the Lord has helped us. Amen. And we say that it is if God asks us to come, it will be tantamount to an act of pride and irreverence to him. For us to stay back, and we demonstrated that. Praise the Lord. And lastly, in that we said that prayer is now. When? Now. In other words, God is inviting us every moment to do what? To pray. Then we went ahead to look at why Christians should pray. Number one, we said that because the Bible teaches us that we should do exactly that. Um we also said that true prayer we make our needs known to God. Okay? Our Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 told us, Be anxious for nothing. You are not permitted to be worried about anything. He said, But in all things, we should make a request known to God through prayer and supplication. And thanksgiving, and then we had a guarantee in the next verse, verse 7. Say, and the peace of God that passeth understanding, we do what? We keep your heart and mind. Hallelujah. We said that prayer is a necessary spiritual exercise that reinforces our spiritual stamina. There are times that we are losing strength and we feel like what is happening to me when you cry to God, you go into the place of prayer, you are strengthened and then you can relaunch. Praise God. We said that prayer is your life support. Just like old people depend on their walking stick. As a Christian, as a child of God, prayer is your walking stick, is your life support. You, can, you dare not go. A mile, not even an inch, without it. Praise God. We said that there is a devil also, which is the more reason why you need to pray. And that devil is angry with you every moment. is looking for your downfall. So the, the place of prayer is the place of seeking strength and support to fight him and to get victory over him. Lastly on that, we said, because the flesh is weak... And there will be temptation. Prayer reinforces you and strengthens you to confront temptations and to stand thereafter. Then we went ahead to ask and say, when should a Christian start to pray? Hallelujah. Said that if you are a new believer, you just gave your life to Jesus. God is your father. Now, the way you talk to your earthly father, you also talk to your heavenly father in prayer. And you don't need anybody to put you in the school of prayer, just talk to him the way you will talk to your earthly father. He can hear and he understand. Hallelujah. We said that for believers who have been in the law, pray without ceasing. Hallelujah. And then we said that this is specifically important. When you sense a shift in the spirit realm, it is time to pray. And we looked at the example of Daniel. As soon as he detected that deliverance was round the corner, he launched into prayer and accelerated it. And Israel was delivered. Hallelujah. Praise God. So very quickly, we're going to look at uh, today's study. which should be the second stanza of uh, our study on prayer. And uh, I want us to know that uh, there is nothing that God is requesting or requiring us to do that he has not set out precepts and practices in the scriptures through men of old, even through his son, Jesus Christ, to lay down for us examples, which when we follow, will get the same result, maybe better than they got in their days. Praise the Lord. So in turn, when it comes to prayer, Jesus also prayed. And uh, the manner of his prayer sets for us precepts, As to how we should pray. Praise God. So very quickly, I want to show us four, there are so many places in the scriptures where the Bible detailed Jesus praying in different circumstances, places, occasions. He prayed and continued to pray. But I want us to look at these four specific occasions. You know, because they are significant. They laid down for us a precept as to how believers, you and me, how we should pray. Number one, Jesus prayed in the morning. Hallelujah. In the book of Mark chapter one, verse three, the Bible says very early in the morning while it was still that Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I just read to you the NIV version of the Bible so jesus prayed when in the morning early in the morning the bible says uh, that while it was still dark he rose up he left the house time will fail us to go over all those things that are embedded in that scripture but i'm trusting the holy spirit to expand it to you even as you go further in your study after this uh, message praise the lord so jesus prayed in the morning number two Jesus withdraw from the crowd to pray. In his days, he will look at the crowd and say, this crowd, I think it is time to give them a gap. The Bible said he will withdraw from the crowd to do what? To pray. In the book of Luke 4, 42, we saw that. I said, now when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. Number three, Jesus prayed all night. Amen. He did what? You know that I have told us here before that God does not play with his word because his word is his power. When he says it, it means it is so. So there is no joking word or frivolous word in the scriptures. The Bible said that uh, he prayed all night. Let's see it in the book of Luke six 12. I'm reading from King James Version. Say, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. And continued how for how long? All night. Praying unto God. Number four, very quickly. Jesus engaged in extended periods of fasting and prayer. At least on one location in the Bible, Jesus went on a whole 40 days of fasting. Even though the book of Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 to 11 that detailed it and other, you know, uh, uh, scripture that detailed it only talked about him fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. But you know, you and me, we know that Jesus will not just abstain from food without praying. You know what that means. So Jesus must have fasted and backed it off with prayer for how long? For 40 days. Four things. One, he prayed in the morning early. Two, he withdrew from the crowd to pray. Three, he prayed all night. Four, he engaged in extended periods of fasting and prayer. I want to ask us: when was the last time you did one? I'm not talking of 40 days and 49. Somebody will say, do you want to kill me? No, that's not what I mean. You can begin from one. You can go to two. You can go from there to three. And as the Lord gives you strength, go to four. It doesn't have to be seven and 14 and 21 and 40 and 70. And No, no, no. Just keep going gradually. When was the last time you declared the fast? You just told yourself, "Mm -mm, there is need to do something now. And then you declare the fast. Praise God. So what can we glean out of Jesus' precept and practice of prayer? Let's look at them very quickly. Number one, Jesus' attitude and a precept and practice of prayer shows us the following. Number one, that maintaining contact with the headquarters was a top priority as far as he was concerned. Praise the Lord. If you are working in a satellite office and you have your headquarters somewhere, you know that it's important that you keep in touch with the headquarters, right? Because that is where instruction and guidance comes. As soon as you are cut off from the headquarters, you are cut off from life. That's what it means. So Jesus understood the fact that uh, it is highly important. It's a matter of priority that uh, he maintained constant connection with uh, the headquarters. And I'm talking of heaven with his father. Number two, Jesus' prayer life had priority over the pleasure of sleep. And I know what I'm talking about. You know, uh, sleep is sweet. Who doesn't enjoy sleeping here? So that we can recommend you to a doctor to help. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Especially when you are talking of uh, the hours of two thirty-three a.m. To 4.30, to 5.30, to 6. Sometimes that is when it is sweetest. Okay? Praise the Lord. But Jesus, look at him. The Bible said, from what we have read his prayer life had priority. The Bible said he woke up while it was still dark. He didn't just do that, he left the house. He doesn't want to be tempted to look at the bed again. And then the Bible says he went to a solitary prayer place and there he prayed. Number three, Jesus' prayer life had priority over his social life. And I think we should learn from all this. Praise God. Jesus knew when to withdraw. From people, he knew when to withdraw from the crowd. He knew when to pray and when to minister to them. Number four, his prayer life had priority over ministry itself. Jesus seemed to understand perfectly that the oil that makes ministry to be effective, to be effectual, to be productive, to leave a lasting effect on generation lies where in the place of a prayer. Number five, Jesus tried to portray to us that solitude is an important ingredient to effective prayer. You know, it's okay to be in your car and you can pray. That is fine. The Bible says we should pray without season. We can pray everywhere. We can pray anywhere. But there are times that you need to separate yourself from all distractions. Because as you are driving, somebody is honking beside you. A vehicle is trying to overtake. You have to pay attention to that. Those are all distractions. Praise the Lord. Maybe you are in the house, the same thing, but you need to create time to be in solitude because he practiced it. Matthew chapter 6 verse eight, the Bible says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray. That was Jesus giving an instruction. Number six, prayer is serious business. We can glean that from his attitude to prayer, the way he prayed. How did we know that? Look at it. The Bible says he prayed all night. Uh, let me ask, when when last did you stay up all night to pray? I know that in the church we we'll declare we'll declare a time of a night vigil. How many people even show up? Even online, how many show up for that? Even then, what we are seeing, what we practice here, praise God, is not what I know it to be. The kind of night vigil that I'm used to, that I know... <laughs> <laughs> the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I know it's because of the circumstance, the situation in which uh, we found ourselves here. Uh, the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Night VG begins by 10 p.m. and lasts till minimum 4.30 a.m. And it is prayer. You pray. You pray. You are You sit down on the ground. You rest on the wall. It is serious business. If you knew your life, your destiny depends on it, you don't don't take it with levity. Praise the Lord. From Jesus' attitude to prayer, what did we discover again? That prayer precedes major breakthroughs. He knew it. He knew it. Look at it, Luke chapter 4, verse 14, you know, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, the Bible details how Jesus was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights fasting and prayer. He was thereafter tempted of the devil. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it takes it a step further. It says, then Jesus returned. How did he return? In the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And something powerful happened thereafter. Listen, the Bible says, and the news of him went out throughout the whole region. May I ask you, who advertised him? Did he print some posters? Or he used the media to send WhatsApp messages around? Is that what he did? No, that's not what he did. Jesus knew that prayer would launch his ministry. And that was, the Bible said thereafter, you go on to the next, but the Bible said thereafter, that was when healing and deliverance became commonplace. So Jesus understood that uh, major breakthroughs in life, in ministry, is preceded by a time of uh, intense prayer. Let's do the same. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Also, we can glean from Jesus' attitude, a manner of practice of prayer, that it is important to raise an altar. It's okay to pray here, pray there, but there should be, there should be a definite place where God can locate you by time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A, a, a brother was being uh, discipled many years ago. And the brother who was discipling him lives in a different town. So he will come over once every two weeks or so I come to him. His brother lives in a very small room. You know, one very single bed there, one table, one chair, that's all. So they will discuss, they will share the scripture together. They will pray. They will do everything together during that weekend. And uh, he noticed that whenever this brother comes, the brother that is being followed or being disciple, knows that whenever he comes, when he wakes up to pray, he will look around. Who found him? Where is he? He will just discover that he's under the bed. There he will be groaning and grunting there. So after this brother was gone, the brother that is being followed up now. You know what he did. Whenever I want to pray, he crept under the bed. To... <laughs> Praise the Lord. And it became his practice for many, 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 many years. In fact, it became difficult to win him from that attitude. Because probably he had found under that bed a place of encounter. Build an altar also. That is one thing we can discover from Jesus' attitude to prayer. Look at the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 15 to 17. The Bible says, and Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And he went from year to year in circuit to bethel and gilgal and Mizpah and Judge israel in all these places verse 17 and his return was to ramah pay attention to that for there was his house and there he judged israel and there he built an altar unto the lord you need to have a place where you build an altar a place where God can find you constantly. The Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. So these are things we can glean from Jesus' prayer life. So having seen this, what should be our response? Practice the same, because whatever the Lord wants us to do, whatever is requiring from us, he sets us as precepts and practices through saints of old, and they are documented in the scripture. The Bible says, for us unto whom the end of the world has come. Second thing we want to discuss today very quickly. So we sing Jesus as our, number one, we sing Jesus as our example of prayer life. Number two, so then, how often should a Christian pray? I think last we'll be touched that one briefly. So, in the book of Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8, the Bible says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to the intent that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. So we are to pray without ceasing. Paul told Timothy in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8, he encouraged him that men should pray everywhere. And I like to add that anywhere as well. It's okay to pray anywhere and everywhere. Last week we, I think we tried to demonstrate that we talked about praying without ceasing. And one way to practice that is to engage in what we call warm breath prayer. Okay? Praise the Lord. You see, Satan doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to pray because he knows that as soon as you pray, as soon as you start praying, you might change things in the spirit realm. There are ordinances that have been set in place for decades, for hundreds of years. You will change them. There are spiritual laws that have operated for many generations. He knows that if you go on to pray and you persist in prayer, you might just change them. So he will do everything possible to make sure that they uh, you don't pray or that you don't get to the point where you touch the heavens and you start changing laws, ancient laws that have been set up. And so that is why when you start praying, somebody who has not called you, you have not spoken to him. You have not, you have not even met him in the past 10 years, suddenly start calling you. I don't know whether it's happened to you before. It shouldn't be difficult for you to recognize Satan when he steps in sometimes. Because sometimes he doesn't even disguise. If somebody you have not spoken. Yeah, it's a friend. Maybe a family member, an acquaintance from somewhere. But for five solid years on this God's earth, you have not spoken. And you knew you are in the U.S. But as soon as you start ascending to the heavens in prayer. And it seems as if you are making a breakthrough. The call suddenly fly in. You ignore it. He calls again. You ignore it. He calls again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You ignore. Yeah, you did. And the thereafter, you say, okay, maybe I need to. Then you call the person and say, hey, I just wanted to greet you. It's been a long time. It is not ordinary. You are a spirit man. Don't just take it as ordinary. It doesn't want you to hit something. There's something you are getting close to. It doesn't want you to get there. So be wise. Praise the Lord. Very quickly. So, when it is hard for you to pray, when it seems as if the heavens are like brass over you, that is the time. Go, go, go on to pray. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> pray. <laughs> Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> Sometimes last week my daughter sent a message to me. He said, Daddy, I have a problem. I said, What? He said, In the past three days I've not been able to pray. Ah, I said it is time to pray. There is a meeting in the heavenlies. We need to interrupt it. (laughs) Something is happening in the heavenlies because when you feel your lowest in prayer, something is happening up there. There's a rearrangement taking place. You need to intercept it before it becomes law. Number three so, how should we pray? How should Christians pray? The first thing we want to look at is in whose name? Because today you have a lot, of, uh, a lot of heresies, you know, and heretic practices going on in Christendom. And you see, you don't want to, don't want to follow the crowd. And then you are asking yourself after practicing and you are not getting results, what is happening? be the prayer I also prayed. Praise God. In whose name should we pray? Number one, can we pray in the name of the God of a man of God? Because that is the practice today. Maybe I can pray in the name of the God of Pastor Adu. But the God of Pastor Adu is also my God. The Bible says we are joined heirs with Christ. In other words, we are standing on the same pedestal before God. So why go through another? A man of God whose name was usually used to pray in my home country, Nigeria, several years ago stood before his congregation. He said, do you want to kill me? Do you want me to die young? So you are not to pray in the name of the God of a man of God. God is your father. Pray to your father. It's not an absentee father. Psalm 46 verse 1. The Bible says it's a very present help where in and out of trouble. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. The Bible says for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind. Who is that man? The man Christ Jesus. So, if there is any approved and acceptable media through which we must channel our prayer to God through whom? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says, For there is neither salvation in any other. Save because there is no other name given to us under this heaven whereby we must be saved. Philippians chapter four, verse verse, chapter two, verse nine to ten. The Bible says God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above that of any general overseer. That at his name every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can we pray in the name of an angel? In Jeremiah, please help me. In Henry, please help me. You know, all kind of angels all over the place. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can't pray in the name of an angel. Why? Because the Bible says, Are they not ministering spirit that have been sent to minister to the them that will be heirs of salvation? Where are the heads of salvation here? The Bible says they are your who is a minister. A minister is somebody who ministers. Okay, what does it mean to minister? It means to serve. It's as simple as that. So, a minister is a servant. So, angels are what to you? Servant. The Bible even told us that we will judge angels. Come on. Praise the Lord. You can pray to to God through angels. They are your servants. When you look in the scriptures, angels don't accept worship from man. They don't accept because they know their limit. The Bible says God has made Jesus. The Bible says God has made us a little higher than the angels. And they know it. You should know too. You are a Christian. You are God's sons and daughters. What of using objects in prayer? Can we use candles, You know, incense, some special dress? An image. Or can we place the picture of a powerful man of God? Hang it, you know, in front of uh, the place where we pray. So that as we are praying, we are, making, we are making a point of contact to get to God. Is that correct? That is idolatry. If you don't know, you are practicing idolatry. And you are placing that man of God, whatever you are placing his head on the, on the shopping, shop, shopping slab. You want God to kill him because the Bible said God said, he said, I will not share my glory. Praise the Lord. So you can't pray in the name of an angel. You can't use object to pray. The Bible said God is a spirit and they that worship him will do what? They worship him in spirit and in truth. They don't need objects to connect with God. So how should we pray? We can only pray in the name of the risen Christ. John chapter 14 verse 14 uh, chapter 14 verse 13 to 14 say and whatsoever you ask in my name that I will do. Did you understand that? The one that you ask in his name he said that I will do. It's in your Bible read it. Say whatsoever you ask in my name. Not in the name of that powerful man of God. He said, whatsoever you ask in my name, that I will do. So we can reverse that scripture too. So whatsoever you do not ask in my name, that I will not do. Can you see the reason why people don't receive answer to prayers? And why will he do that? He says, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The essence of it all is that God may be glorified. So what is the modality for prayer? Number one, what is the modality for prayer? In the book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 1 to 4, the disciples of Jesus told Jesus, hey, John has taught his disciples how to pray. You have not done the same thing. When are you going to teach us? He ah, okay, it's time to teach you. He so when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and so on and so forth, praise the Lord. You know it, you can recite it, okay? So, Bible scholars looked at that, you know, that scripture, and they gleaned out this to give us some kind of template to prayer. Number one, in your prayer, first give reference to God. Give him quality worship. Tell him who he is. The one you have experienced, Personally, tell him. If you have experienced him as your deliverer, tell him. I was going through a material on um, Herald of His Coming a few weeks ago. And uh, this jumped at me. It said, God, the inescapable God, <laughs> praise the Lord. I don't know if it makes sense to you so God is an inesca- there is no way you want to hide from him there is no hiding place from- it's inescapable so tell him Lord you are inescapable you are unimpeachable you know they impeach you know politicians they say we don't like the way you are doing this you are. they just impeach you send you home nobody does that to God it's unimpeachable is God, all by himself. He's sovereign. That's the one that scares me most about him. He's sovereign. He does whatever pleases him. If somebody can do whatever pleases him, and nobody asks him questions, fear that person. Is the one to fear. Praise the Lord. So how do we pray? Pray, giving reference to God. Number two, thank him for what he has done. Praise him for who he is. Confess and truly repent of any known sin. Present your petitions to God and pray in faith. Thank God for having done what you asked. Then endorse your prayer in the name of Jesus. You put the stamp, the final stamp on it, and the heaven receives it. Very quickly. So, what are the hindrances to prayer? We have learned all this much. What are hindrances to prayer? Number one principle among them is sin. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 59, verse 1 to 2 says, says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But why? He said, But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. He said, Because your hand has stained with blood, and your fingers with guilt. Full stop. See, the only quarrel that God has with man is what? His sin. If you take sin out of the equation, everything is okay with God. Everything goes well. Once sin is out of the equation of your relationship with God, everything will go well. Praise the Lord. So, it is well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number two, very quickly, I'm looking at time. Asking Amis, why did you ask God to do this thing that you want him to do? What is your motive? What exactly is your motive? What was beating in your heart when you asked? It's okay to ask, but if your motive is wrong, you will not get anything. James chapter 4 verse 6 says, And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Reading to you from, I think, the NIV version. Number three thing that will stop your prayer from reaching God unforgiveness. This one is a big one. During Sunday school this morning, it was mentioned. And I remember that in the last quarter of last year and the first quarter of this year, Pastor Ado stood here almost every Sunday hammering on this same issue. So, if you are sitting here this morning or you are hearing us on the line, and uh, there is still somebody, I'm going to deal with him. I'm just waiting for the right time. You refuse to forgive. It's okay. There is a God in heaven, his name is inescapable. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 18, verse 34 and 35. Very quickly. Let me share this with us. The Bible from verse 1 of that scripture, the Bible described Jesus was giving a parable to his disciple about two servants to a master. One servant owed this master a lot of money. The other servant owed the second servant just a few coins. The master forgave. The servant owing much because he couldn't pay. Instead, out of the court of the master, saw the servant that owed him a few penny and strangle held him. You must pay me today. This is what the Bible said about that situation. Listen. He said, and in wrath, his master turned him over to the torturers, jailers. If you reading the Amplified Version of the Bible that I'm reading to you, until he paid all that he owed, said, my heavenly Father will also do the same to every one of you. If each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. So you see, unforgiveness will close the heavens over you. It will mess up your emotions and in the long run ruin your health. It's a trap. It's a prison where all you get is torment every day, all day. You better run away from it. And like I was saying the other time, I had Leonard Raven, he quoted the Herald of His Coming, says, God awaits us all in eternity, the inescapable God. We had better be at peace with him and our fellow men here and be in the center of his will now. So you claim you cannot forgive you are setting yourself in direct conflict with God, and it is a dangerous thing to, to, to engage God in a contest. You can't do it. You can't succeed at it. Praise the Lord. The last thing we want to look at very quickly is unbelief. Unbelief. James chapter one verse five to says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering." It says, "For he who doubts is like the waves of the sea that is driven." and tossed by the wind. So let that, let not that man believe that he will receive anything from the Lord. Don't permit him to even think it at all, that he will do what? Receive anything from the Lord. So take away sin, take away unforgiveness, take away unbelief, take away asking that means your way is true, praise the Lord. What are the conditions for acceptable prayer? Pray in sincerity, pray in humility and patience, pray with perseverance. God is not our errand boy, friends. God is not our errand boy. God is not um, McDonald's where you go and cash it hot. Because the reason is he sees ahead. It's not everything you ask now that he will give you because he knows what you need right now. Do you know that sometimes we ask for what will destroy us? Uh, When you ask for it, God says, okay, I've sanctioned your request and gave it to you right away. You will go ahead and kill yourself right off. And he knows. So he withholds it from you for a while. Sometimes God wants us to mature. Some of us, we have been in the law for 15, 20 years. There are certain things we are asking God for. God knows that the day you get it, you will crash. So he's pointing you in the direction of maturity so that you don't kill yourself with his blessing. Praise the Lord. So pray with perseverance. Wait patiently on the Lord. The Bible says it is a good thing for a man to both hope and patiently wait for the salvation of the Lord. God still answers prayers till this morning. The reason why I'm here is that uh, it's because he answers prayer. If he doesn't answer prayer, you won't be sitting down here this morning. Hallelujah. So, in conclusion, this morning, I encourage us, keep pressing on in prayer. If you have been praying, if you have been weak in your prayer, ask the Lord for strength. When you have prayed long and hard, pray a little more. I want to assure you, God still rewards every faithful labor. The Bible says, in every labor, there is a reward. Prayer is hard labor. Prayer is hard work. That's why you don't find lazy men around there. Praise the Lord. And there is a reward for prayer. Even if it tarries, wait for it. Shall we rise up to pray? Can you lift your voice unto the Lord and just bless the name of the Lord. 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 Lord. It's a privilege to sit down peacefully like this and hear the word of god just say tell him father i appreciate you for the privilege to hear your word this morning thank you father for opening your word unto me thank you for opening my heart to understand bless the name of the lord go ahead appreciate the lord father we thank you for the word you have sent we bless your holy name we glorify you thank you ancient of days. in jesus name we pray Just one prayer. I want you to ask the Lord, Father, from where I am right now, take my hand, lift me up in my prayer life. Plant fresh fire in my heart. Can you go ahead? Pray unto the Lord. Pray, 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 pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need your help. We need you, Lord, oh God, to take us from where we are right now. Plant our feet, oh God, on higher ground in the place of prayer. Lord, put your fresh fire in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us where we are weak in the name of Jesus. Empower us where we lack power in the name of Jesus. Lord, open our tongue, oh God. Untie our tongue. Oh God, where the enemy has tied our tongues. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we will go from this point, oh God, to higher ground. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, ancient of days. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for answers to prayer. Thank you for the word you have sent to us. I am asking, Lord, oh God, that you will increase and multiply and open new dimensions of this word to your people, even as we study more, even as we listen more, in the name of Jesus, blessed be your holy name, in Jesus name we pray. If you're in the Washington DC region visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.